It's the Hedonistic Way podcast. It's a way of life. It tastes like freedom. It's the most divine microcosm. Mind blowing. Mind blowing. It's a revolution. Heart wide open. Liberated love. It's liberated love. Conscious conversations. Conscious conversations. The exhilarated expansion of self. Sacred sexuality. Whatever you like. All I, All I know is it, is it feels, feels amazing. amazing. It's the most decadent way. It's the most decadent way to live life. Intimate and intuitive conversations with epic humans who are disrupting the status quo and living a life with stereo untypical success. Hello and welcome to the Hedonistic Way at Midday Show. I am Raymaine and. Right now, I have a gentle giant. He is a warrior of the heart. He's all things fast and furious and epic, but he's also soft, intuitive and primal. He's the embodiment of wholeness and human form. He is just sexy AF and he is revolutionizing how men show up in the world and it is absolutely glorious to witness. He is a revolution and he is 100% in it all the way and it's one that I am absolutely behind and believe in. This will change the world in the most epic way and the ripple effect of his work is going to change future generations because we all know the stats in the brotherhood. It's the rewilding of men into wholeness in the most profound way and it's important work reconnecting men to their playfulness and purpose and the power and compassion that they have innate within them. It's a sacred brotherhood that you do not want to ignore. He is dedicated to leading others to creating a more meaningful impact in the world. He's an empowerment coach, creator, and the creator of the sacred brotherhood, blazing the way for self-leadership. I am so honoured and to have this beautiful beast on the show, Greg. Hello. Hello. Whoa, quite the introduction. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's beautiful to be here with you. Yeah, thank you for reaching out. Oh, thank you. It's, um, you know, you do have a very particular vibe that you send out and it's one that like at first, you know, I felt myself lean into what you were saying and then you've got this beautiful fusion of like this primal masculine, but also this softness and wholeness that you ooze. So tell me about your journey between your honouring your being a man's man and then finding this playful, softness, intuitive side as well. So tell us about yeah. that. I really feel like it's something that's all I've always had there within me. Um, but I got to a certain age, uh, um, what comes to me is probably around the age of seven, eight, nine, that's, I started to lock certain parts of myself down. Um, so I did have more of this, this gentle side that's, um, I love to share with people. Um, 
and and that side of me uh, I sort of learned wasn't okay somewhere on the journey that I, you know to be a man to be respected by other men to be res I came through the belief systems to be respected by women to be seen in a certain way that I had to uh, be more <laughs> more of a manly man in some way so I suppose in in some ways it's always been there within me and it was experienced at a very young age um, and then there was a, there's a stage of almost repressing and pushing these parts down and the last six years has been an opening of that again through everything from NLP through to tantra and breath work um, learning to express and dance between both uh, if we want to use the frameworks of masculine and feminine um, and seeing the beauty of both and that they both are so pertinent to have online for different situations in life and interacting with different people and obviously for being able to be on purpose but also whilst being on purpose still being able to feel people and I feel myself as, as to be able to navigate from that place so it's been a, um, a falling asleep and a, and a waking up again to those aspects yeah. Um, and yeah it's thank you for, for celebrating that in, in me because when when you're in it you sort of can take it for granted very much and I, yeah it's nice to be able to be seen through your eyes yeah yeah it's it's beautiful to witness you and um I want to ask you, like, I can see this world where, and I, I feel it, like, where we move beyond feminine and masculine mm. and we just see them as beautiful qualities that are innate in all of us. Yeah. And it feels, doesn't feel as far away as what it once did, but we're still a little way off what how do we go about making this change happen and particularly in men and for men allowing these softer traits to yeah just allow them to be and stop that stop suppressing them and repressing mm. them and making it seem as as you're weak or soft or all of these things how what do we need to do Mm, I suppose I'm sure there's many, many different pathways, <laughs> but what I've found really useful in my journey is men's work and being able to be amongst other men and in that place and creating a really safe, vulnerable space of confidentiality. We can start to really connect in with what's what's deeper within the guy's hearts, the things that they're actually wanting to share and um, starting to realize that we're all very much the same or at least our our thoughts which which aren't ours anyway our belief systems that we've we're holding currently and that we sort of lock ourselves down because of that they're very much not about us at all and we can start to see the commonalities and as soon as we start to speak about insecurities and the things that are coming up for us amongst uh, other men uh, just starts the same bell keeps ringing again and again and through this there can be like a bit of a, a separation from the dogma you know seeing the thought seeing the emotions that arise from that thought but yet uh, being uh, separate from as well um, which which really starts to have a big opening um, also uh, I've, I've done a lot of work me and my wife run a, a program also called the embodied queen with women and the same process when women are able to come together and to just be real raw and vulnerable and get past all the masks that they feel they have to wear and really starting to accept deeper parts of themselves, getting acceptance around um, their sexuality and being able to really open up for that to be something for themselves individually. Uh, then 
there's so much less sort of uh, competition between other women and that we find the same also with with men between other men it's more of a celebration that comes online of all parts of of the person both the the masculine and the feminine I really feel um, like you've hit the nail on the head and that's I've felt it within myself for a long time and it's been part of my uh, my journey as to working out do I want to keep doing men's work because it is so polarizing to be focusing on 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 men's work as per se and um, I feel like it's a really powerful, important stage of the journey. Yeah. Uh, and I also feel that there's a stage where we get up to there, we can start working past gender and and really bringing online. And, and also from that place, almost starting to take modeling from those that have the more mature uh, feminine, which a lot of time is in the women. So being able to see that and take on those lessons and learnings for ourselves as men, um, and it puts us in a lot more open place to, actually play the game in such a bigger way rather than just being caught up on uh, gender roles and and dogmas and yeah. being caught between you know that little bit of trigger that's still between the sexes uh, we can spend a whole lifetime just caught there going backwards and forwards about the things that we've been hurt by in the past or you know the different stories that we have but yeah when we can start that sort of inner balance coming into that inner union of our own masculine and feminine and thus also be able to uh, interact externally in a more healthy manner then we can really open up into our creatorship which is where what we're really interested in now Karen and myself we we run the the men's and the women's program but then we've also got the creator academy for once we've had that bit more mastery over the mental emotional system uh, mastery over some more of our equipment as we like to say then we can actually start um, doing the do at a different level and start really playing hard so um because what else is there to do? <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. And, you know, I do like to play hard. And you spoke about playing a bigger game. And I felt like in that moment, like there was a real, there was a point in your journey where you realised that you were playing small and then it opened up into that playing that bigger game. So essentially... Like what I want to ask you is what was that point <laughs> where you decided just to get over yourself and to play that bigger game so you could play that bigger game? And who was that person that you came home to within yourself? Yeah, yeah. I suppose, you know, that that's a thing that I do every day is <laughs> get over myself and, and come home. But there's one one moment in time that sort of rings a real bell for me when you speak to that. Um, around the age of 25, 26, um, yeah, I found myself, we're over in Europe, actually. We we're traveling, meant to be having the time of our lives. We were exploring and we were family with really beautiful people. But I had uh, full on, just full on intrusive thoughts, really disturbing things going around in my head. And at that time, I didn't have any tools such as meditation or um, having the understandings of how how to sort of see these things and accept them and integrate the shadow pieces so I was doing the best I knew how at that time which was to fight them and try to use positive psychology to override the thoughts and just created like inner turmoil because it was just constant conversation 24 7 um, so it's, it wasn't necessarily something I could con I didn't consciously choose at that time but I saw it coming for a year before that and I sort of got put between a rock and a hard place but it was uh, one of the toughest times of my life, but also the biggest blessing for me because it really did give me the opportunity to really strip everything back to a clean slate, yeah. um, really let go of all of my belief structures and systems and start stepping forward into like dis 
discovering who I actually was beyond all these things that I had accumulated. So, um, yeah, was definitely always on and try, trying my best with the tools that I had because we grew up in a religious family as well. So I definitely knew that there was something more and I was using all the frameworks that I had been provided to the nth degree. Mm. And I was very much aware that I was uh, spinning my wheels for about six years there, but didn't know the next step. And I got given it through a bit of a breakdown breakthrough. <laughs> so that was really the, the moment of, or, or over a period of couple of years of really choosing, choosing myself. Yeah. and exploring uh yeah what what i'm doing here and what i really want to be doing here mm. and and moving into bigger ways of living so yeah i suppose without these sort of things happening to myself i would have been in too much of a comfortable position um you know i had a beautiful wife i had a, a really good job i had all the things working for me um but yeah there was obviously something more being called through for me which i i could feel within myself i just didn't know where to take the steps and I got put in a place to to take those steps. <laughs> I think yeah. that's a call that, you know, we spoke about before, you know, like about the hum. You felt the hum, you heard the whispers, mm. um, but you didn't know how to, like what to yeah. do and what steps to take. Yeah. What did you do uh, from that breakdown to mm. break through, as you say, what steps did you take? Because I feel like that so many, and especially right now, like a lot of people are having to face this right now. They can't escape from yeah. those things with the busyness of life. So, you know, I think it's a really important question that a lot of people are facing. So they're having these thoughts, but they don't know what action to take. What, what action did you take and what can you recommend to other people that are going through this and asking these same things right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the biggest things I suppose that was a pivotal point for me is learning to move forward. And, you know, the mind was really obsessed with wanting to try to fix everything and to try to bring everything to a conclusion and try to make sense of the thoughts I was having, trying to justify them in relation to myself. What did they mean? What did they mean about me? And I learned very quickly that there was no way um, out trying to work that out. There was just a never, never ending pit of more thoughts to come through and more concepts and following different energetic lines that had been laid before me for these particular thought patterns. So, yeah. um, the, the second powerful step that it was, was uh, my wife was very supportive of me during this time, but it was really taking full responsibility and realizing that um, I was getting quite dependent on support and having to choose to, there was a stage for me to speak a lot about what was going on. And I've, I'm very blessed that I'm, I've been very tapped into being able to speak to those that I really love and I'm close with, but there came to a stage where I had to really be the discerner of what thoughts were coming through and choosing where to focus my conscious awareness on and realizing to speak it again and again was to imprint it deeper and thus to re re record the story in my subconscious continuously so they they were two two major sort of pivotal parts two big learnings of really coming into that um, sovereignty for myself and learning to hold myself um, and for a while it was sort of you know moment to moment it was just pivoting bringing myself back and pivoting bringing myself back again and really um, stepping forward in in the path for whatever was being presented in that moment, even though I didn't think I was ready and I didn't know how I was going to do it. Um, I still just entered back into work to get some sort of routine going again yeah. and and to move forward, get amongst people and to be able to be back in those connections. Um, 
And I suppose to share as well, I, I went really deep into meditation during that time, yeah. uh, which, you know, meditating daily, twice a day, um, which gave me a really good opportunity to be able to uh, create some space within myself so that it wasn't just a thought and then a reaction. It was like, okay, having a thought and then being able to sit there with emotion, not being afraid of emotion and thus being able to start to see the patterns and start to see how funny they are and how externally sourced they are, a lot of them. And um, just seeing how different, uh, different sort of maybe news articles and things from the past that I had heard were popping up into my psyche now and I was trying to take responsibility for them on, on that, uh, that, that one level. So just being able to, to bring that conscious awareness in. Yeah, yeah. so there, there's sort of some of the, the pieces that I went through, some of the stages that I went through with that journey, yeah. And that's, you know, and that's such a huge, huge journey. And as you say, you know, it's, it's very much an ongoing one, but I always find that those, you know, those key moments where it does just drop. Um, you speak about your wife so beautifully. Um, I'm curious to know your life. How long have you been together with your wife? 13 years and married 11, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. before that six years mm. to in the last six years, like I want to know what, what do I want to know? So I always say, you know, like because my partner and I have been together for 21 years mm. and, you know, who you are. 13 years ago, who we were 21 years ago, like is so different to who we are today and continuing to be whole and still have that sacred union is, is such, you know, it's work. Like it's, you know, it's a thing Mm. and, and um, it's a beautiful unraveling. And I would want to know, like, so I'm curious to know what was your relationship like prior to six years ago to that moment Mm. to after you were traveling to now yeah yeah big question (laughs) (laughs) so it was never never sort of anything wrong beforehand there was a certain level of depth which we had reached within ourselves as individuals which was able to be reached then within relationship and that that went for within our intimacy within everything for within our uh, uh, our goals and where we were aiming and for where we were in service. We were doing all those things at the level that we, we knew best at those times, just doing the best with the knowledge and awareness we had. Yeah. So there wasn't anything of, of lack as per se, um, yeah. not for where that mind was at that stage, but definitely going through that experience, um, yeah. we, we were definitely given the opportunity to go far deeper within ourselves uh, <laughs> to, to bring really bring things through to the light i suppose one point that was worth uh, mentioning is that my wife's always been a really beautifully bubbly happy person like she's able to um sort of hold that space um but i suppose me going through what i did it really um gave her an opportunity to also face uh the more uh, unintegrated parts that were so easy to be able to hide under the socially acceptable bubbly happy nature that um she she naturally was sort of brought up with as that being you know really good strategy for her to be able to do life as so it really gave her an opportunity to go deeper um which maybe wouldn't be presented otherwise yeah Um, yeah and 
you know, collectively it gave us a massive reset on our life when this, this uh, scenario happened and I had my sort of breakthrough moment, yeah. um, which allowed us to see and to choose uh, life in a very different way. Um, to, to the point, like, I suppose when you, when you go through something like that and you feel like you're happy to move and leave the whole past behind, uh, it gives you a real opportunity that you've, you're not really afraid of anything anymore when you've faced everything within yourself and you've been willing to look at it. There's not anything that anyone can, uh, like spring on you or, you know, you, you, you've got that inner certainty because you know that no matter what anyone brings forward for you as a reflection that you've already, um, to some degree owned it and you've looked at it and it's something that you're you're potentially working on or you've moved past so in that it gave us the ability to step into self-ownership in a completely different way and to start really being creators of our own life um, whereas prior to everything happening i suppose we were just working on the blueprint of our parents yeah. uh, which for for my family was to you know pay off your house you know uh, get get the job start the job build the way through um, then have get married young, have the, the kids young, <laughs> yeah. um, which we didn't get up to the kids part. We still haven't got there yet. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, after that point, we've really been a lot more uh, exploring the world, um, exploring ourselves on a deeper level and really working with communities, supporting other people. So yeah. quite uh, um, vast differences between before and after the nine to five compared to the, the adventuring through life aspect. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I, I love what you just said there because I was saying to a friend um, last week, we're having a conversation and we haven't spoken like we were pretty, you know, we were family for 20 years mm. yep. and um, in our friendship and the last couple of years we haven't spoke and um you know, and I finally picked up the phone and had that awkward conversation and she said to me, she said, I just thought that you were going to be different. You know, you've grown so much. Um, she said, you know, she said, I feel like that I don't need you anymore. And I said, but I'm like, baby, you've been like in my life for two decades. Like I'm still the same person, you know, and I think that's, that's the key point that, that you make here is that, you know, like it's, it just changes and you don't necessarily, as much as you're changing, the core essence of you is still the same. And it just allows you to go deeper and deeper and deeper into this beautiful relationship rather than, you know, I was going to say expansive love, like, you know, because a lot of people in, you know, the Tantra community in that are doing this work, you know, they take on multiple partners and multiple lovers, which is cool, right? Like that's whatever. But my partner and I have chosen a deep love and, mm. you know, that may change. It may not, whatever, but, um, you know, we've chosen depth. So I can really relate to that experience that you talk about. Um, I want to ask you, how did you change from a lover, say, eight years ago to Greg as a lover today as you show up to your queen? Yeah, yeah, okay. Just a whole new level of responsibility, you know, the awareness that actually how much control I do have over the situation uh, rather than just writing it off and 
being able to say that's that's not my thing you know it's something that the other person has to work on my my partner needs to work on um and a really big part is to begin with was learning presence being able to hold really unconditional love in presence and being being the watcher and the observer without reaction doing all these things but and that that took me quite some years to sort of work hard at to get to a certain level and then there was another side that really got called forward from me of being able to be more in my dark masculine and being able to hold boundaries of being able to say like, I love you so much that no, we can't keep doing this. Yeah. Like we, we have to stop, you know, I can't allow you to keep speaking in this way and doing these things. Cause I, I saw that in that, that framework, which ended up being a bit of a people pleaser for me of just holding the loving presence and not wanting to stir the boat. Also that wasn't a healthy uh, dynamic either that it it left um, space where she didn't feel held in that that she was pushing and trying to find am I safe here and through me being maybe a little bit of um, uh, just the words come up but no no sh- no shame in it but being more of a pushover and just allowing you know the happy wife happy life uh, analogy yeah. also was not helpful that it was this balance in between of the softness but also yeah. holding really solid boundaries for myself yeah. as an individual and in respecting myself on the deepest degree I feel like that's where the biggest transition was um, because you know, I feel like when we're doing that on a on a regular basis we're just putting a completely different message out to our partner that they feel more held in that uh, even more so than it would be to to just try to do everything for them and to, to, to keep them happy as the conscious mind might think that might be the way to do it but in my experience it was more of this balance between the two yeah yeah I, I suppose being being able to work from that place and going back to your last question about what changed um the biggest thing is just being so multifaceted being able to work uh within myself with so many different areas um and to be able to shop with so many different um yeah just with different faces not from an ego perspective of trying to look different but just uh being able to be adaptable to this scenario that I needed to be and to be able to be soft when I'm soft and also to be able to be on purpose when I'm on purpose and to be able to cut through the fear when, when I need to. And that might come through some little bit more on point language, um, but seeing the love in all of that, seeing as long as it's coming from an open space within myself mm. and I'm feeling no charge, but I'm just feeling an openness to want to bring more growth to the relationship than to speak to what's being inspired through me in those moments rather than shying away from what the mind sort of is afraid of potentially yeah yeah absolutely and you know i really love you've you've, you've touched on so i feel like you know they're really quiet they really quite like shadow um yeah. and you spoke about it earlier before you said the words what does that make me you know mm. and so you spoke about your wife you know hiding behind this bubbly personality and this smile and and um and that was me for so so long um and the people pleaser you know like so the mm. the smiling like i just need to be happy and everything's okay mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> to the people pleaser um you know and again and it, like it comes up so much in in all of us you know um and so it's like what does that make me so what do you say about the that quiet shadow that you know i think that a lot of us dance with not a lot of us all of us Mm. dance with um because often you know it's you know we often we know how to tackle the big stuff you know or it's like oh wow it's really obvious you know it's Mm. 
and we may not know how to tackle it, but we see it. Um, but it's those quiet kind of insidious ones that are we can often um, dismiss. Um, yeah. So what do you say about the people pleaser and the smiling and those masks, you know, mm. and particularly to frame it around men, what does that make me? You know, like, cause I feel like that comes a lot, you know, up in sexuality, particularly around men. If I like to be touched this way, or if I like this particular thing, then does that make me gay or does that make me, you know, a whole, mm. you know, so much arises. So I feel like those few words, what does that make me like? they are huge questions to ask so yeah what what would you like to speak to to that you mind just um framing that up again i i I feel like i followed through sort of three questions there i know and that's yes and that's that that's usually me and how i roll that's cool you don't just get one question you get five (laughs) and they're not small questions (laughs) Uh, so it's what can people do about that quiet shadow of mm, okay. the people yep. pleaser and yeah. this, you know, whatever it is for, you yeah. know, but I feel like the people pleaser or being martyr, you know, playing the martyr is yeah. also. Yeah. I feel first thing to speak of is how we do some things is how we do everything. So the neural pathways we're running most often are our go-to. Um, so although we want to be able to show up in those pivotal moments in our life, those big moments, it's those small moments that add up to being able to show up in such a way when our partner's having the, you know, the bigger, harder day and we want to be there to support them, but we're finding ourselves not able to within ourselves, or in this case with the people pleaser that we're just brushing everything over when we would actually like to stand our ground and to set our boundaries. Um, it's it's that, that practicing it on the small things that makes it available on, on the bigger things as well. I also feel like a really big reframe that I've found within myself and for some of the people that I've worked with around the people pleaser. And this is my truth, at least, that I find within myself, my people pleaser is quite a selfish thing. Um, it's more, it's not actually concerned about keeping the other person happy as per se, but it's more so about keeping them happy so I don't have to have the discomfort of what it would be like if they were unhappy. So seeing it in this way and thinking from one frame that, you know, from the world, it's labeled as like love. And this is what I'm doing out of love for you. I'm going to give you unconditional. I'm going to give you everything and run myself to the bone. Um, you know, that's the one side that's being framed up, but the other side and, and my, my truth is that that's actually me backing out of tension, not being willing to sit in the tension of the truth. And a lot of the time, the very things that I need to say, which may, I trigger the other person and myself in that moment is the most beautiful medicine that they need to receive. And the fact that they're in that in- engagement, they're in that dynamic with me probably means that they don't have other people in their life that are willing to call them forward or be able to speak to the points which they're not even seeing within themselves. So I suppose, you know, my tendency in the past as a people pleaser would be to not really say what I mean and then to withdraw from, um, from the relationship uh, a little bit and um, because you know obviously I didn't feel safe within myself um, so you know to be able to counteract that is just to be in ruthless alignment when I'm feeling it as much tension as it is within myself I know the way forward is to step into the tension and also to give myself full permission to make mistakes because I know that I can turn around and also speak love and to be able to come more so from my softer side if I feel like I've overstepped the mark and just to be in be in the dance with the person to be able to speak wholly and honestly about 
you know, this is something that I'm trying to integrate. This is a part that I don't usually like stand up for myself. And I've, I've tried and potentially gone a little bit, <laughs> you know, so being able to own it as well gives us this, this openness to be able to be in the practice and to, yeah, as I said before, um, you know, being able to fail forward continuously. That's what I feel like this, this material game of life is about the people that have are getting success in whatever area, whether it's within their emotion, within their relationship, within their business, they're the people that are giving themselves permission to fail forward, uh, which ends up being our wins anyway. So yeah, just, just a few thoughts around the, the people pleaser. Yeah. 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 That's yes. It's yeah. So much. Yes. And I really love what you say there about, you know, it's the small things and honoring mm. and doing that work in the small things because that enables yeah. us and you know it's they're little deposits of courage that mm. when we need to you know when we need to make that withdrawal on that big ass amount of courage that that thing's going to take then yeah. you know we're not going to be overdrawn you know we're going to yes. be able to meet it mm. yeah and another thing that just comes to mind as well which is a beautiful little framework that's helped me a lot is that like um uh, as a man or as, I suppose it works for women as well but our relationship with our mind is our relationship to the feminine so within men being able to see what's coming up for them their their distance to want to stand up or being caught up with their thoughts when they can learn to have and to treat this with loving care and to be able to hold space for the mind uh, that's also directly results onto building up that muscle to hold space ex externally but um, if we're not practicing that within ourselves, if we're not practicing the self-love of holding um, of course, uh, when external charge is felt from somebody else, and we're obviously feeling that in our body as well, it doesn't it doesn't change there. So obviously, the the best place to practice is right at the grassroots within our own mental emotional state, and to be able to sometimes connect that to something external. Because a lot of the guys that I work with, they really wanted they're doing the work because they want to be a better father, they want to be a better partner, they want to do all these things for their partner, but they maybe haven't come to the realization of it actually has to start within themselves and that self love. And that self-tenderness, that gentleness, and being able to have their feminine within themselves to nurture their own masculine—that's um, and that's sort of where it really starts opening externally as well. So qu quite sort of uh, counter towards trying to control the external <laughs> and thinking that everything's going to to come online through there. Yeah. yeah, that's right, and that's you know, and that's a beautiful place to arrive, isn't it? Like. You know, it's we're deluding ourselves if we think that we can alter life. You know, if we can, we can't manipulate the universe. You know, you can't outsmart God. You know, it's, it's a losing battle. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. So it is, yeah, it's a nice place to arrive and to remind ourselves. Um, what did I, there was something else I wanted to ask you. When I think about, I watched, um, I watched, we watched The Hunting yesterday. Have you seen that? It's a mini series. No, I haven't seen Adelaide. that one. It's really, like, it's really, really good. It's aimed at, you know, with high schoolers about sexting and, um, okay. you know, and it's, it's brilliantly done. We really enjoyed it. But, you know, it was about changing our education system and adapting to, you know, switching the role from, you know, women having to protect themselves and, yeah. you know, to never walk alone at dark, to never wear clothes like this and, you know, all these things yeah. to the men just 
being able to do whatever the fuck they want. And it was, you know, so they really spoke about, you know, how we can educate men and our boys and our teens um, to have this respectful relationship with themselves and others. Mm -hmm. What would you say to, you know, if you think about you as a teenager, you think about your mates as teenagers, you think about the future generations, you know, what do you think we need to do? What do we need to be teaching our boys to become men? Mm -hmm. I feel like a really pertinent part that's been missed in our society is like the rites of passage journey for younger men, being able to to be amongst elders, to be amongst those that have done a bit of the journey within themselves and a bit of a a handing over of wisdom. Um, I suppose that rites of passage journey has really been replaced by us turning 18 as most guys and going, you know, out clubbing or, you know, with other younger men, maybe some of them are a little bit older, but still, uh, potentially not developed within within themselves because they also haven't had this initiation process of being able to pass down and I suppose for myself within my masculinity I've had to go um, and source that for myself to really go and look for the rites of passage journey to look for the men that I want to be around to be able to go on that journey um, with men that I respect and look up to to take some of that modeling online so I think that's that's something really pertinent um, that's really been beneficial for me. I suppose the other the other piece that I feel to speak to is this constant backwards and forwardsing between men and women. And as you were saying, that dogma about um, you know women not feeling safe and um, and and you know obviously so much has happened there. So much so much is charged and it's been passed down through generations. And also, I suppose on a deep level, a lot of guys, I suppose, and I, I feel to definitely within myself in the past more so uh, like the fear of what it means to be a man um, and because I've always been so sensitive and picked up on on most things and taken things really seriously uh, just the way that uh, what is being framed up to to be a man and to be in our masculinity which has been a, a, a for a lot of people uh, a disownership of their masculinity or a complete uh, uh, you know into the, the unhealthy sort of side of masculinity so what I, what I really feel to say here is that, you know, we learn what it means to be a man through what we're modeled by our father and what our mother says about the masculine. Yeah. So although there's been so much hurt in the past, the more and more we speak to these things, and um, this might be really controversial, but a lot of um, uh, women that I've worked with in the past that have, have been through these things as terrible as they are, seeing that speaking that way to their younger sons and being in that energy of the, the fear of the masculine is just handing down the trauma to the, their young boys to embody the very thing that they, they want and the very energy that they're holding is an unhealthy masculine energy which they're modeling to the son so that that transferable that transferable sort of trauma from generation to generation just keeps getting taught again and again that you've got more younger boys growing up like who am I? Is it safe to be in my masculine? And I suppose a lot of um, households where the, the kids grow up young from the more more awake households, they have a lot of trouble seeming to own their masculinity as well. They're very much in their feminine, very soft and flowy, which is, which is beautiful. But then for those parts that are owned fully, there's also other parts that aren't repressed that are pushed down the, the more primal side, which, which need the expression they need to be able to come through and to be accepted and to be seen as healthy. Yeah. So 
I, th I think there's just responsibility on both sides because otherwise it's a merry-go-round. Um, obviously, the guy's taking full responsibility for themselves, um, full responsibility for seeing other people as as um, other living, breathing, beautiful humans and being able to move past the framework which is sold to us as men through media because everything is about the female form because that's what sells. Mm -hmm. So um, there's just so much uh, that, that is around that which disconnects us from actual the the woman behind the form um so that real self-awareness that real coming in and and connecting in and having some really powerful practices around our own sexuality to be able to get out of the mind to get out of fantasy and actually come back into the body more into the feminine or feeling and enjoying for our own benefit um so yeah this <laughs> very multifaceted little dynamic go well it's not a little dynamic huge dynamic going on between men and women but both sides i feel like there's uh, like with any relationship, there's 100% responsibility needed on both sides for full ownership of our story yeah, that's right. um, and healing of our story because otherwise we're just going to keep drawing in the same sort of guys or the same sort of women anyway and we're just passing it on to the next person um, So with, with full love. But, yeah, that's just the way I see uh, as much as possible we get to move forward together. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I totally agree. And... Um... You know, I think accountability and responsibility are mm. two, two, they're just so important. Mm. Um, when you, in, in your journey through this and, you know, you, well, you went, you are, you know, you're the fast and furious and you're like all of these things and you're primal and, you know, and you've got that primitive wilding um, but you're also soft and playful and intuitive and you meditate and you do all of these things. So if someone was to ask you then, or you were to ask yourself, let's say, what does that make me? Mm. What would you say? What, what comes up for me is like, I suppose, what level of consciousness to speak to. Because <laughs> on one level, it's just like I'm human. I get to have the full experience. I get to play in all the realms. I get to play as all the different frameworks. I get to enjoy myself in the experience of the full expression from, from one polarity to the other. And the more that I can stretch myself. And then there's that other side that is sort of the watcher of this, this game that I'm playing out here. The, the deeper part of me that's, that is... Um, yeah, that is that is all of those things as well, and that there's there's nothing right or wrong within it all. That it's just here to to be danced in. So, um, yeah, yeah, if that if that makes any sense, very chunked up flow. But <laughs> absolutely, I resonate totally, and that's I think you know, the more I go on this spiritual mm. journey, the more I go. Oh, I just have to be human like yeah, oh, yeah. it's like we're, we're in like the I almost feel like and I've come to the awareness for myself at least that we're almost like in the pinnacle of creation right now like and there's so many people especially coming in like coming into these more higher level consciousness realms that almost wanting to get out of here and <laughs> being at that stage myself and realizing like the only thing we're actually here to do is to to fully embody what it is to be human and to feel it fully to be in our emotions fully to to enjoy the whole spectrum so yeah it's definitely been a, a beautiful permission piece of just being able to be in full ownership of the moment and um, not having to 
to work out everything but just being more in the flow yeah yeah absolutely I think that's a beautiful thing and that's one of my favorite words is melt you know it's like Mm. I just need to melt into it and I'm there I'm there so yeah I agree um what is turning you on at the moment I think I spoke a little bit to Creation Academy, which is a program we're running, really working with community, with a bunch of people that really want to be in their creatorship, that have done a little bit of their journey and they're ready to really move forward into a different stage of being really conscious creators in their life Um, and being able to shine that greatness back at each other continuously. So a mixture of like just full all out creatorship, choosing from moment to moment to you know, to be able to see and witness what's coming up for us in our victim mentality, to fully see those parts, not have to try to fix anything, but then consciously choosing to come back to creatorship just so we can play all out. But there's, to me, when I'm in that, that mindset, when I'm in that embodiment, it's just life feels like a big game, feels like something to be played, something to be enjoyed. How much connection can I have? How many special moments can I have? Um, So that's really exciting me, the simplicity of that message after going through quite a complex journey and doing so many different modalities and all the things and realizing that they're all talking about the same thing anyway, being able to bring it back to basics and to create a framework in which uh, we don't avoid the shadow aspects of ourself, but we, we're learning to integrate them as we move forward in our journey, fully accessing our creatorship and really claiming the power that we have within ourselves. So yeah, really really that's that's what's really turning me on at the moment and having within that space also the freedom to be able to dance and to bring in so many different aspects like bringing in the sexuality piece and um, bringing in the intuition pieces and yeah bringing in NLP and all these other all these other beautiful things that I like to play with and I've now got a a platform and a a space and, and people to work with that we can just dance and be in that that full flow so yeah that's amazing. Yeah. And it's a beautiful place to arrive at, isn't it? When you can like go, oh, everything I've done, it's been for a reason. And then you yes. get to sit back and you get to pull it all together and make something great. So, which is awesome. I say to my girls all the time, I'm like, create more than you consume. Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just- yes create more than you consume that ratio like it's just it Mm. feels so important um yeah because you know I feel like now like we consume so much and you know and um I don't think that you know we create anywhere near as as much as you know what what we could be so I feel like creation is a big piece yes yes yeah I feel like our intuition and that part of our consciousness is meant to be the main faculty as well. And some way along the track, this conscious mind is really, you know, taken the main show. <laughs> so I feel like as we, as we're slowly sort of starting to soften more and having the, the rug pulled out from underneath us, like with COVID's part of that journey, I feel yes. of just having to learn to surrender. Um, yeah. I feel like in that zone, we start to create rather than just repeating and, the same old patterns and other people's maps that they've built for us within their belief systems and the conscious mind obviously just wants to keep paying on replete which is unfortunately quite a consumer it's sort of society that scarcity of wanting more and more all the time so yeah yeah. Yeah. nice to see where we're opening up to it is it's it's exciting i agree um 
I'm curious to know is how do you dance between constantly creating and, you know, finding that balance between letting something brew and build and experience a full cycle? How do you, how do you dance between, you know, potentially, you know, before I've been in constant creation and now when I look back and then gone into, you know, just, you know, put something down if it, if it didn't work or if I didn't get the numbers or whatever. And I was like, well, I'll just create the next thing. And so, you know, constantly like self-sabotaging essentially. So how do you, what's been your dance between honoring creation and constantly creating, but still building the thing? Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean in that. Yeah. And I've noticed that pattern in myself as well in the past of moving from one thing to the next because not wanting to necessarily own the, the first piece. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's a moment-to-moment piece, being able to observe myself, the more deeply ruthless I can get with my alignment and owning all parts and asking the questions, taking the time in com- complaint, uh, like, yeah, really going within myself within meditation to to see, like, what where is this coming from and why am I wanting to move to the next stage? Yeah. And just giving myself moments of space, like we're travelling at the moment in Queensland and part of the reason we're up here is because we were feeling blocked at home and felt like we needed to get back into the flow. So just by following those whispers now it's opened up to the next step. And I suppose at any stage of our journey and what I've learned for myself is I just need to follow the next breadcrumb um, and then more will be revealed. So stepping, stepping into that and that might mean to launch a new program or it might be to pull back for a couple of days to, to breathe and to, to see what's there and moving out of the scarcity of like, needing to always do something to make sure energy is coming back or needing to do something to make sure other people are okay or all these other stories that we can come up with that keep us in a frantic sort of um, fight and flight mode where we're not working from intuition yeah Yeah. so I think it's more of a moment-to-moment practice that I've really learned yeah absolutely and if I've known if I've found anything out is we need to follow the breadcrumbs but we're not going to get the whole loaf all at once. Yes, yeah, that's it. Yes, it takes the trust and the leaning in and the consistency of, of leaning yeah. in as well because we're either always anchoring ourselves in our victim and in, in you know following those neural pathways of being afraid or we're anchoring ourselves in creatorship, which is building confidence, which is preparing us for the bigger pieces to be able to own it fully. So yeah. uh, coming, coming back to the how we do some things is how we do everything also in this yeah. dynamic is so important. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm kind of chuckling to myself because I'm going, I resonate so much with what you say and so much of like of the words we use such the same words, if not very okay. similar words. So I'm like, oh, maybe that was why I vibed with him because it sounds like me. <laughs> like the male version of you. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, I just want to ask you like, what is life? you know, we speak about how, you know, like things are going to change and the creation and, you know, how intuition is going to get flipped around where it becomes more important, so to speak, or it'll lead the way more than our conscious mind. Mm. Um, What is this new world going to look like and how can people begin to adapt to the change? Mm. I feel like that answer is really clear cut with the the answer for me is really clear cut is to follow our own whispers to be able to come back into ourselves 
to be less externally using external co uh, coordinates to navigate yeah. and to be able to create that spaciousness um, because in in that and in that leaning into our own and trusting in our deeper self uh, I feel is the only foundation from which to move forward on our true path um, on with trueness to to our deeper self I feel anything else you know drawn from external coordinates and being in a dependency of not being able to make decisions for ourselves and outsourcing um, to other people's belief systems consistently um, just continuous to lead to creating sameness the sameness mentality which obviously creates the same externally as well um, I, I suppose yeah it's it's that management of in the moment being able to sit with emotions and to be able to move into the tension um, on a moment-to-moment -moment basis rather than run away from the tension to start to learn the creative potentiality of tension and how that we've almost been taught in a way to run away from that where you know we look through society everything's uh, sold to us we have like um, the fear mentality and then it's like here is the path of least, least resistance to take to be able to dissolve that tension within yourself but when we start being able to sit with it and go well wait a second like this isn't something scary anymore I can work with this and to, to build it up to such a point to be able to hold the truth and to be able to hold also where we're wanting to from our deeper self create uh, that that tension that we're holding between those two points and by setting up this dynamic for ourselves rather than it being set up by other people we're slingshotting ourselves creatively towards what we actually want and there's no i feel there's no way to do it but to to take ruthless uh passionate action towards what we think to be right at that moment and give ourselves permission to uh, get it you know get it get it wrong as well because that's in that's the learning is in the getting it wrong um, you know the masters tried and failed more time than the students even tried so yeah yeah absolutely I really love that and um, I don't know there's a part of me that I just you know a lot of people are afraid right now but it's a part of me that's just really excited and I'm curious and I'm intrigued and um I love that, you know, we're all, you know, taking off the masks and, you know, and these labels and letting them all just, you know, melt away and giving us time to explore, you know, yeah. and dissolve polarity, you know, what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, yeah. we've been taught that, you know, we can't fail and we have to fail, you know, it's yeah. life, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely to be able to dissolve and to be able to see like uh, it, it sounds a little bit um yeah uh, whatever label you'd want to put on it but i speak a lot about working beyond belief these days yeah seeing seeing belief systems for what they are that there's actually not many things that are true around us you move to a different culture you move to the next household over and you would have grown up with a completely different framework the way you see the world yeah when we can understand that and when our beliefs are coming up for us and we see that they're narrowing our um, our opportunities in life. They're narrowing our potentiality as a creator. Yeah. Uh, being able to choose beliefs that are and tapping into energetic vortexes of other people in their beliefs that are more opening, then it just you know we can really use the beliefs rather than beliefs using us. Uh, yeah. That way we're not fighting, we're not defending, we're just open. We're we're in that playful, like curious wonderment of the childlike consciousness as well, and we're taking in the full spectrum. We can see all the different belief systems and then feel into what's actually true for me here yeah. and um, anything else that sort of goes against that truth gets to be looked at as like okay what why is that triggering me and um, what do i have to love deeper within myself yeah, yeah. 
That's beautiful. So beautiful. Greg, thank you so much for spending time with me today. Um, it's been such a joy and it really is just so beautiful to watch you do your thing and unfold and share your truth. You do it in just the most honoring way. And I really want to acknowledge you and your wife for the work that you're doing and the sacredness that you are bringing because it's such important work that you're doing. And um, it really is, you know, and the sacred brotherhood that you're creating, like, I feel like this is just some of the most important work that we need right now. Um, so thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for being on the show. And yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for your honoring and for seeing me in that and for calling me into that even more. I really appreciate it. And yeah, for giving the time and the presence today to have a, a chance to drop in, to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. How good is it? That's what I love really most about it. Yeah. Just getting to connect with other cool people. Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. beautiful. Thank you so much. And to everybody watching, thank you for tuning in. And um, I'll put all Greg's details in the show notes. And I will see you next week, everybody. Bye. Beautiful. See you later. Thank you so much for tuning in to this epic conversation. I'm Renee Main and I am over and out for now. However, we can continue this conversation on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash hedonistic queen or jump onto the website reneemain.com.au and you can explore what your own hedonistic way might look like.